0: are here today. As I said, I believe that this discipline that we're looking at today just might be the breakthrough that many of you are seeking in your life. Um, Look at that. That's awesome. Don't you just get the smell of a like a middle school locker room right now when you look at that image? We're talking about disciplines, and you guys know that whenever we talk about the word discipline, that means that it's something that doesn't come easy. It's going to require work and effort your body will have to maybe endure some pain and agony. There's probably some sometimes sweat involved whenever you are disciplined in areas. And we've been looking at these things that were a part of Jesus' life, been challenging you with them this summer. If you've missed any of the, the messages, uh, go back to our website and, and check those out and listen uh, to the messages there. And, and just uh, we want to see you grow to reach your full potential in Jesus. And don't you want the fullness of God? Does anybody here say, I just want part of it? Just, just get, I'll take a quarter. No, 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 you want the fullness of God, right? That's why we're gonna camp out today and spend some time with a discipline that I believe literally could, could set some of you free today, could unlock some things that maybe you've been held in bondage to um, and, and, and the blessings of God want to rain down on your life. If, if somehow today we can just make this discipline a part of who we are. Hey, I don't know about you, but are there some verses in the Bible that you just w- wish weren't there I mean, uh, sometimes I just wish, I, uh, you know, I, I, I wish that these men that wrote, the Bible was written by some 40 different authors inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. We at 1910 believe that this is the very Word of God to us, that it is without fault, it's it's, it's truth, it's God's Word for us. And, and through through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to some 40 authors that we have the Word of God today. And, and there's just some parts of it I'm like, man, I just wish that there was a little bit of, you know, clutter in the air whenever the Spirit was speaking this, because there's a verse in the Bible today that just really caused me a lot of angst and problem and struggle when I was a lot younger. And it's this verse in, in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> my parents used to hold that over my head, especially around Christmas, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's like one present. Anybody have a parent where they just gave you one gift because it's more blessed you're more blessed to give than to receive, right? And I hated that verse. But come on. Right? But it's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that verse, isn't there? You see, we we believe in the Bible from cover to cover, even the maps in the back, we believe all of it, right? And and we believe that there is truth, there is power, there there is a lot of of uh, of, 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 of release that can take place in our lives, even when we just remember this one verse, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Today, I want to unpack this spiritual discipline, this quality, this trait that was a part of Jesus's life that I want to encourage us to apply as well, and it's the area of generosity. Generosity. Now, now hang in there with me today, and I want to kind of share with you some, some things throughout God's Word and and just some realities of the times in which we live in. But, but, but when I talk about generosity, I'm talking about more than just giving. Today, I want us to begin to, to change the way we think about and, uh, and manage our resources. In the book of Proverbs, by the way, I've been reading with our group 90 days, you know, reading the Bible through in 90 days. We're in Matthew. I'm, I'm almost through Matthew now. It's awesome. And we're, we're on the home stretch now. But, but I love this verse. And many of you that are on the journey with us, we've got a lot of verses over the last week, two weeks, that have just kind of really just laser focused. One is in Proverbs. It says this, 1124, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. Ooh, I heard lots of moans and groans in the room today. But uh, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. And then I know from this book in the Bible that all of you just camp out with for your morning Devo time, the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. It warns against this love of money, and it says that it will never satisfy. In 510, look what it says. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. How many of you thought that at one point in your life? Come on, round of applause. You thought if you had more, that that would bring you happiness, right? Listen, it doesn't work that way, does it? I I've been to the islands of Uganda, Africa, on Lake Victoria. To people groups that, that, in our opinion, had nothing. There weren't massive homes to live in. There were no exotic four-by-four four vehicles that they drove around in. For a lot of them, there was not even clean water to drink. For for many of them, an empty water bottle that we would finish drinking became their, their football that they would kick around and play. But these people, to me, that seemed to have nothing, they had more than I had as an American. They had joy, despite not having a lot of resources. There was a joy unexplainable. They would smile and sing and hoot and holler and dance because, listen, they understood, hey, listen, it's not about wealth or possessions, but there is something far greater that brings happiness in a person's life. The reason that we're going to camp out today and talk about this thing of generosity, the the reason we should be generous is, is because I think my African friends understood something, that nothing we own really belongs to us. Everything we have belongs to God. Yeah, and, 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 and there's a verse in the Bible that backs this up. I'm not just making this stuff up, but in Psalm 24:1, it says, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. The world and all the people belong to him. Everything is his. God, all the people of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are Precious and listen, we ought to begin to love the world like God loves the world too. We could go a different direction today, but it's all His. We're just managing God's resources. This idea of money and possessions, you know, Jesus taught about it a lot. He spoke a great deal about money and possessions, and, and this, I think this, this area of generosity was very near and dear to his heart. In Luke 12, 15, he says, beware, you better guard against every kind of greed because life is not measured by how much you own. In fact, we would go back to the book of Matthew in chapter six, and we would hear things like, store up your treasure in heaven. We would be encouraged to be careful because our heart follows our treasure. You see, the reality is that this and the world in which we live, and if we're not careful, the world and its influences, and Pastor Chase hit on many of those last week, and did he not knock it out of the park? Yeah. The world and its influences, and, 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 and even when it comes to this idea of riches and possessions, if we're not careful, they will creep into our lives, and those very things that are not necessarily bad, they can become something that keeps us from God. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 16:26, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul. Put simply in 6:24, Jesus would say, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So I I think I'm doing you guys a service today. I don't want to see you being enslaved to anything. I want to see you be free. I want to see you to be able to walk in the fullness of this life that Jesus comes and offers you. But, but hear my heart. The problem is not the riches that, 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 that are available in our world today. In fact, you heard me say on this very stage a few weeks ago with this discipline of celebration. Remember that? I made this statement. It's okay to to celebrate whenever you get a raise. It's okay to celebrate job promotions. I have a dear friend in the Dallas area that, that received an incredible job promotion. and We celebrated with him and we thanked God for that. It's okay to celebrate when you get employee of the month and maybe there's some, some monetary blessing that comes with it. The problem is not the riches, but it's our attitude towards those things. Are you with me? And for so many of us, we are so consumed with our money and we're enslaved to that. And I've been reminded that we need to develop, as, as Paul would encourage us in 1 Timothy, we need to, to learn to be content no matter how much money we have. In fact, look what he says in, 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 in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning verse 17. He says this, Paul teaches, to teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. How many of you have learned that lesson before? Yeah, all right. I'm sorry it took me so long to get to this verse to help you out. But he goes on to say, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. In verse 18 he says, tell them to use their money to do what? Tell them to use their money to do what? To do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Plus we know verses like in 2 Corinthians that says that God loves a what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. Do you understand something? That this idea of being generous ought to be something that brings us great joy and delight. It shouldn't be something like, oh my goodness, there they go again. Listen, we, 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 you, 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 we should be more than thrilled that God calls us to give towards kingdom causes. We should be honored that he would say, hey, listen, you know what? First of all, you, you know that that blessing that came your way, it was me. And, and listen, here's the I want you to use that. I want you to use that because I've got something great that I want to do through you as you trust me, as you place your faith in me. Come on, let's go. It ought to be an honor. But For so many of us, we struggle today. In the first service today, three people walked out when they heard my topic today. They just, Just kidding. We struggle with this idea when it comes to our riches and our possessions. You get all flabbergasted and upset when a preacher stands up here and talks about, Money, You know why? Because so many of us today, we spend more than we make. And it's a struggle for us. So many of us are enslaved to our finances today. And some of us are just one decision from an employer or or, or some sort of major setback. And and, and we would go under and we live so, uh, we're, we're stressed. God never intended for us to live that way. I want you to know that as we unpack this discipline of generosity today, listen, those of you who practice this, there's something incredible that's going to happen in your life. You're going to learn to live with less. Because when you apply this discipline of generosity, that that, that, that means more of your time, more of your money, more of your possessions. You're going to give those things back to God for, for his use. Are we okay so far? Okay, I want to mess you up right now. I I have a declaration I need to make. I need to come clean. I have stopped tithing. I have. And just the mention of that word tithe, we we get so up in arms in a a church setting like this because some of us, I believe, have such a, a misunderstanding of what that word tithe means. But I just want to let you guys know that I've quit tithing, and I think you should too also. I want everybody to stop tithing. You ever heard a preacher say that? Brian, you ever heard somebody say that? No, it's like, I need some of y'all to start. But I want us to stop tithing. You see, most of us have a problem with that word tithe. It's, it's, it's a biblical word that means a tenth, right? And, and to many Christians, whenever we mention the word tithe, by the way, it's, it's, it's interesting. Words are hard. It's interesting to me that it's the Christians that have a problem with the word tithe. Non-believers don't. Most of us just don't. We 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 look at this thing of tithing as some sort of, of country club bill that is due. It's just another bill in those long list of monthly expenses. In fact, the the sad reality can I just be real? If we're going to be real, I think some of us are 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 we 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 care less about writing the, the country club check. But but man, whenever a preacher gets up and, and encourages us to give, like oh okay, God, now come on a minute. You're a little off the rails with that one. I want us to understand this thing of giving. For the first 30 minutes of our time together today, you, you, you participated in, in singing. And we praised God and we talked about a beautiful name, the name of Jesus is. And we talked about there's no one powerful. You have no rival. We, we talked about all of those things. Do you understand that just as singing this morning has been an act of worship, do you understand that giving is supposed to be that as well? That giving is supposed to be an act of worship that, that, that just as our singing and lifting of our hands has done today, just as that draws us closer to the heart of God, do you understand that your giving is also an act of worship? Then why is it to me that this concept of tithing and giving the first 10% of one's income, it's become so divisive in the church? You know, we, 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 we Christians like to debate things, don't we? And, and, and we, we, we debate this topic by, with, with questions and thoughts such as this. Like, is tithing even still required? I mean, isn't, wasn't that an Old Testament law? And, and, and didn't Christ come and abolish the law with his death and resurrection? Sure he did. You're such a theologian. Should I tithe off my gross or the net of my income? We ask questions like that. Does God really expect me to tithe if if, if I'm struggling in my personal finances? We we ask, hey, I or or, or we make statements like, hey, I tithe my time. Isn't that enough? You know, these questions all to me have a recurring theme. You know what that is? What's the least I can give and still receive the blessings of God? Shame, Shame on us. What's the minimum I can do? Because, you know, that's exactly what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. Hey, hey, God, listen. Can can we just, just an amputation of an arm. Is that enough sacrifice? Just a tenth of my body. No. Lord, if there's no other way, God, I, I will go to the cross. And we're like, hey, what's the minimum I can do to receive the blessing of God? You see, when you debate questions like these, you're, you're totally missing the point. Guys, listen biblical generosity isn't about giving the minimum. It's about surrendering to a God who is all-powerful, all-loving, and who gave everything he had through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what tithing is all about and giving is all about. You missed the point. Can I just remind you of what Scripture says in John three sixteen? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. Guess he didn't give a tenth. He, he didn't give a one of ten children. He, he gave his one and only. He, John, he gave his very best. Why? So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I I sent a note to our staff this morning. I'm a note sender on Sunday mornings to the team. Just I pray over our team. And by the way, are we not blessed with an incredible staff here at 1910? We are, we are, we are, we are, we are. And I send them a note and, and I simply, today we have the honor and privilege of coming into the presence of a God who gave us everything, his very best, his one and only son, we, who, who, who he knows, still sin and fall and stumble and make mistakes. He still, that God welcomes us in today. How can we not respond today with everything we have our best? See, guys, that's giving. That's a generous spirit. I love what author Randy Alcorn said. He said, giving affirms Christ's lordship, and it dethrones me. And exalts him. And so listen, I've quit tithing. I, I, I used to write my checks to the church that, that covered my 10% to the very penny. You know what I'm talking about? Like $112.47. To, to n- nothing more, nothing less. I didn't get it. But 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 God didn't need my money. But 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 He was wanting proof that he was first in my life. He wanted me to trust him completely. He wanted to grow my faith and yes, he wanted to bless my finances tremendously but only if I trusted him Completely, And so as I began to mature my spiritual walk, it all started to make sense to me that everything belongs to God. And the more that I trust him with my finances, the more that he can use me to reveal his glory, the more that I get to be a conduit of his miracles, the more my faith can be tested and grown. And that's why I quit tithing. Now, 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 now don't hear me wrong. Some of you are going, I cannot believe we came to a church where the preacher doesn't tithe. Just hang in there with me. I still give my first 10% of my income to God through this house, the local church. I do. I give at least 10%. You see, I think that first 10 is a great starting point for us. But, but, but today, can I just kind of, kind of mm, shift gears with you a little bit when it comes to, to, to your giving and how much you should give? Maybe, maybe we ought to start asking a different question. Maybe the question that that, that could radically change your life today, and that question is no longer, how much should I give? Instead, what would happen if you started thinking, how much should I keep? Ooh. It's not a matter of how much should I give, but hey, how much should I keep? You see, there are a lot of hoarders in this room today. And you're keeping more, not just, in, just in, in all, there's more in your, there is more gifting in this room that we've yet to see unleashed in this house. That there are some of you that, that, that God has gifted and blessed, and, and there is something unique about you, and, and you hear something, I man, we wanna see that unleashed for the kingdom, but you're sitting on it. I'm not talking about just finances, but I'm talking about your gift and uniqueness. There's a talent, and ability. There's an anointing on your life. Let it go, let it. I know what some of y'all are gonna do today. You're gonna go home and watch a movie. How much should I keep? And listen, I'm no different from you. I'm not a millionaire. I don't have some rich family members that I'm expecting a windfall of cash to, to follow my lap. Listen, I come from tobacco and hog farmers in North Carolina. I mean, my, my Christmas gifts were boxes of peanuts from the field, you know, or a can of Copenhagen ones. I'll never forget that one. Sicker than a dog. Oh, can I just tell you, you men and women that dip snuff are a lot stronger than I am. How many of your grandmas dip snuff? Round of applause, let me hear you. Yeah. She lived to be about 112 too, didn't she? Okay, what, what is going on? Focus, come on. Holy Spirit, take over. I've just come to understand that it's not about how much I have, but it's God is more than able and sufficient to meet all my needs. In fact, I, I, you need to know that I believe the Bible. <laughs> Aren't you isn't it good when a preacher says, I really believe the Bible? I believe it from cover to cover, the maps in the back, everything, okay? The holy matrimony and the family tree in the front, I believe all of it, okay? But I really believe what God said when he said in Malachi 3.10, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this. He says, test me. God is saying, hey, I want you to try me with this. Test me. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So here's where I'm at. When the Holy Spirit prompts me I'm simply gonna respond in my giving. Can I ask you a question this morning? Is it possible that you're limiting the work of God in your life by your giving? Could it just possibly be that the breakthrough that you've been seeking, the addiction that needs to be broken, the relationship that might need to be restored, the health issue that you've been wrestling with for so long, could it might possibly just be related back to your giving? Now, please hear my heart. I'm not saying, I'm not one of those guys on TV that's saying, you know, you're, 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 because, I'm just saying, could it possibly be that this is the very breakthrough that God is saying, I want you to test me with this, I want you to just just, just step out there. Like, hey, I want to work. I want to develop your faith. Will you trust me? L- listen, this breakthrough that you need or, or hey, the, the financial struggle every month that you find. Listen, would you just. Hey, listen, I want you to try something with me. I want to rain down so much on you. I want to do so much more. For some of you, maybe, maybe you're obedient with the first 10%, but, but maybe, maybe you're completely unwilling when the Holy Spirit's prompting you to go a little bit further. Perhaps for some of you this morning, God's calling you to do more financially than you've ever done before. And, and by the way, can I just tell you something? Giving is a spiritual gift that some of you are blessed with. Did you know that? Some of you are eat up with generosity and you're eat up with giving. As Pastor West would say, he's from, from Auburn. He would say, it's all on ya. Get all on ya. Right? Any Auburn fans in the room? Yeah, there, there weren't any in the first service either. So, any Alabama fans in the room? Two. Okay, so, anyway. But some of you have this gift of giving. In fact, I want to take a moment. I want to un- unleash something on you today. You ready? You're sitting down for this. I want to let you know about a new leadership team at 1910 that we're putting together. And every one of you are invited to be a part of it. It's called a legacy team. A legacy team is going to be consumed and made up of members, people that love to give. They love to give. They're generous when it comes to kingdom causes and works of God through and in this church and around the world. You see, here's the reality of it. I've done some of you guys a disservice by not allowing you opportunities to utilize this spiritual gift that God has given you. And some of you have been saying, I'm just waiting for you to challenge me in a greater way. Because there's, I, I want to use my gift to its fullest. To its fullest. And so we're creating a legacy team. A group that would be interested in, in hearing about kingdom causes, vision, directional moves that, that we have here at 1910, and they're wanting to give above and beyond the norm. They're, they're, they're faithful with the tithe, but yet they're looking for ways to give in even greater ways for kingdom causes. In fact, if you're interested, I'm gonna throw an email address up on the, this is open to everybody. Listen, it's not about the amount you give. It's simply about you demonstrating that I have a heart to be a part of giving towards kingdom causes. Above and beyond what you normally do with the My Best Boxes. It's legacy at 1910church.com. Shoot us an email. Your name and, and, and your, your phone number would be great. Major credit card would be, no, just kidding, don't do that. But just send us your information and we're gonna be getting together in the next four weeks. And we're gonna begin to share vision and dreams that we believe God has for this house, kingdom endeavors that you can give to in a radical, crazy way. He said, it's not about us being comfortable. Maybe it's time for us to to place ourselves in such an environment that's gonna require us to develop faith again. And I'm telling you, it probably won't be easy as you develop this discipline of generosity, but I'm gonna tell you, it'll be well worth it. Listen to this statement. God doesn't just want your first 10%. He wants your whole heart. He doesn't just want your first 10%. He wants your whole heart. Now listen, that was, that's the end of my message. That's the end of the message that God gave to me. And I wrapped this message up Friday morning and I sent it to our creative team with all the screens that you just saw. But the Lord wasn't finished with the message. And so I have a bonus message if you're interested. We've got about four minutes. And, and, and I wanna share with you something that, that I, had a, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit yesterday morning. You ever met with the Holy Spirit in places somewhere? Now you need to know something about this. It was, it was not a place that I, listen, I met and had a word from God at the Flagstaff Cafe. And some of you going, well, I can understand why. Hamburger and onion rings at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was with a dude that ate a bunless burger yesterday morning at 8 a.m. I'm going, bro, it's not right. I'm on keto. I'm on golden corral. Anyway, um. But I shared with these guys I was having breakfast with. We just got together spur of the moment. Just say, hey, this is where i They say, where are we going with the message tomorrow? What, what discipline? I'm like, oh, okay. So I gave them the, the elevator speech real quick about the message I just preached to you. And one of them said, hey, have you ever, are, are you going to talk about this story in the Bible? And I'm like going, oh, it's a good one. But no, I didn't have that. one. I didn't have it until the Holy Spirit through this gentleman revealed it to me. Can I give it to you real quick? It's a story that many of you are familiar with in Mark chapter 12. It's the story of, of a widow who brought her very best one day to the temple. How I many of you have heard that story? Round of applause. Yeah. We, we need to set a couple of things straight. First of all, in the King James Version of the Bible, we talk about the widow's might. But, but, but we don't talk about it in mites. The, the term itself comes from the King James version of the widow's might but 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 you really need to translate it properly from the Greek it's the word lepta it's it's a form a, a term that's referred to to a very very small tiny coin worth almost nothing but it was all she had in mark chapter 12 and and, 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 and If she had just dropped one coin in the temple treasury that day, it would be called a lepton. But yet scripture says she put two coins in, thus the plural term lepton. Now, does that really matter? Well yes and no. It doesn't matter in the sense that this poor widow had had really nothing to start with. So, So what's the difference between putting one penny versus two pennies in an offering plate? Either way, you, you, you can't meet your budget with, with one penny or with two, right? Now, it, it, it's also true that, that we live in a culture that often value the rich over the poor. Would you agree with me? See, that wasn't just a problem in the year 2018, but that was also a problem in the early church. When when the the, the ushers in the church would would give the man with with the gold ring, they would give him the best seat in the house while the homeless fellow had to stay in the back almost out of eyesight. Read about that in James chapter 2. Listen, big gifts impress us because we can do so much more with $5 million versus $5, can't we? I mean, does that not make sense to you? But Jesus sees things differently. He he has a completely different perspective on things than we do. And by the way, there's something about this story in Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 41, that that I think is an important thing that you don't need to miss. In in fact, let me just read it to you. I'm gonna try to read it. Mark 12, 41. I don't have it on the screen, but just trust me with this. It says, uh, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple, and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. So here's the image. Can somebody somebody, bring me one of those My Best boxes in the back. If I don't care who you are. Just grab it. Just grab it and bring Don't run out that exit door. Our security will get you, but bring that My Best box to the front right now. Here's the image. Jesus, the, the temple treasury. Thank you. Hey, thank you, bud. The temple treasury. Have you guys ever seen one of these at 1910? Have you ever tripped over one of them? This is called a my best box. We used to have the word tithe on the front. We tri- put my best up there because we believe that we serve a God who deserves not just the tithe, but our very best. But, so here's the image in Mark chapter 12. Jesus is sitting right beside this when people come into the temple. Scripture says that he is watching and noting what people put in to the box. I want to be like Jesus, so I'm going to start doing this next Sunday. I'm going to start sitting and watching. We're going to have the lights full throttle. I'm going to watch and see what you guys bring and put in the box. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I got some of your attention. It's hard to get up after. That was a bad illustration, wasn't it? Jesus is sitting there across from the temple treasury, and he's watching what people bring and put in. Jesus is is paying attention to to who gives. He's paying attention to what they give and, and how they give it. See, those things matter to Jesus. Now think about this. Jesus knows not only how much we give, but he also notices how much we keep for ourselves. And I would just go out to say that Jesus is probably not impressed with a man that's worth $100 million who makes a $5 million gift. In Jesus' eyes in Mark chapter 12, the the, the religious leaders and, and the wealthy that came in that day, they did not give as much as that widow did with those two coins that she placed in the temple treasury that day. You see, the rich people came and they gave out of their surplus. This widow came and she gave out of her poverty. You see a difference there? She gave out of her poverty. Here comes this poor widow. She's probably 60 years old, stands maybe 5 foot 4. Her body is worn out from years of labor. She's probably dressed in a simple, hand-sewn garment of some sort. And as she approaches the treasury, she clutches in her hand two pennies. Theologians tell us it was the smallest copper coin in all of Judea during that time. And those two pennies were worth almost nothing, but yet it was all the money that she had. She throws those coins into the mouth of that receptacle. And Jesus is sitting there as he hears those coins kind of clank around and bang around on the bottom of that offering. And quickly, this lady turns to go away. No one speaks to her. She's trying to slip out so that she's not noticed. No one noticed that she's gone. No one notices her. No one except Jesus. Because he wrote about her. He noticed her faithfulness and her obedience. He notices in Mark chapter 12, her complete surrender and belief that my God is more than able to supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in heaven. Ephesians 3.20. She notices that. And in his eyes that day in Mark 12 her gift was bigger than all of those rich people who brought their coins to the temple that day. There's no doubt that the words shocked Jesus' disciples when he began to share with them, hey, hey, what that lady did was greater than what all of those other rich people did that day. See, let us learn from Jesus. He turns the values of this world upside down. We oftentimes look at the outside, but God judges a person's heart. We oftentimes look at the amount on the check, but Jesus looks at what it costs us to make that gift and deposit. In the eyes of Jesus, a rich man who gives a million dollars matters very little. But a widow who gives away her last two pennies is the one that is praised. There's a lesson in this for all of us today, and that's why I threw it out to you. Our money is best used when we give it away. And I, who brought this up here? Please take that back for me. I'm, thanks, Tim. Our money is best used when we give it away. You see, it's just like our Savior Jesus who we've exalted and sang about today. You you, you know that Jesus has always been with God, right? The very beginning of creation, the Trinity was represented with the Father. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They all dwelt with Him in heaven, in glory. Jesus has always been there. But yet Jesus could only be a Savior by leaving there to come here. You see, He's just Jesus in heaven. But to you and I today, there's a potential that He become your Savior. Why? Because He came and He went to a cross for us. He gave His very best, His own Life. You see, that's what makes a savior a savior when they come and they do something. When they do something about the brokenness of a situation around them. I want to invite you to stand with me today, and our ministry team's gonna come and down front and we're going to be here today to serve and come alongside of you in a time of need that maybe you're going through and we want to pray with you but I just want to pray over us today as we leave here and I pray that we would become a generous people why not because scripture was read or because I shared an illustration or was transparent with my journey in relation to this topic but for none other may we just be reminded that we serve a God in heaven who withheld nothing from us. He gave his very best. He was generous with all that he had. Let's pray. God, thank you for that reminder today that we serve a generous God in heaven who gave his very best word says you gave your one and only son. Can you just thank Jesus right now? Thank him for coming. Aren't you thankful for the life that we have through Christ? Lord, there's someone here today that needs to understand they need to come to the well and drink this morning, this living water that you offer. They need to be set free. They need to, to come to experience life as you intended for them to live. And God, that will only happen whenever they say yes to Jesus. But but God, we're thankful that you loved us enough, that you weren't put off with us too much, in which you didn't send your one and only son, Jesus, to come and die for us. Thank you, God. You're generous. And Father, I'm asking for your forgiveness today. Lord, would you forgive us for, for hoarding what you have given us. Lord, we've kept the resources and the blessings that you've given us. We've kept too much of it to ourselves. Lord, would you just shake and wake us today to the reality that, that you desire for us to be generous? Lord, you want us to become generous with our time. Lord, you want us to be generous with our talent. And God, you want us to be generous with our treasure. Oh God, May we give towards those things that will have eternal ramifications. Lord, I'm praying for a day that in this house where we have more than enough, where we have to tell people, hey, would you stop because we cannot handle all that is coming in. And God, we give not out of browbeating and being forced to know you want us to give cheerfully. And I give because I remember that you're a giver. Lord, I want to just simply respond to that. God, thank you in advance for what you're about to do in this house. Thank you for the breakthrough and the setting free of captives that's taking place right now as you awaken us to this discipline of generosity. All for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys, love y'all.